This week, Wicker is headed to the Amazon, the Microsoft Store wants to gain steam, and the House wants to break up big tech. It's Sunday, June 27th, 2021, and this is episode 597 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is you can join us live Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can always subscribe by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. And there you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Avram, hey, it's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing? All right. Crazy, crazy wild week uh, for me. Started with having Prime Day, yes, which is a big uh, deal at my job because we we all and i don't just mean tom's hardware but all the other sites our parent company owns and we're not alone in this question i'm sure mm -hmm. um spend a lot of energy helping people find good deals on prime day writing stories about it pruning deals that have expired so we have 24 7 coverage and somebody's got to work like the night shifts and so i usually i work the night shift so i was working like now from like 11 30 p.m to like 12 p.m the next day um and you know i was exhausted yeah and couldn't really sleep well during the day it was sort of like having jet lag or something mm -hmm. from going to taiwan and um you know so we had that for the first couple of days and then thursday was the big windows announcement yep which uh which we'll get to talking about some more later and that's uh you know there's a lot to be said about that and then i got a big new toy this week yes which you did. um which which my son and i are really excited about we got a 3d printer for the first time and have been going around 3d printing things uh in fact his his last couple of days of school all he wanted to talk about was a 3d printer they asked him like What's that math problem? Why is it like, well, you know, I got a 3D printer and we're going to print things. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're learning um, how, you know, what works and what doesn't. Um, the best thing that we've done so far is this um, little cube that we downloaded from uh, Thingiverse, which is a place you go to download cool stuff that other people have made. And it looks like one of those... Um, question mark cubes in, in the Mario games 
and then it has a top on it and you can pop the top off and inside you can store uh six actually eight nintendo uh switch cards game cards and then two like micro sd cards so it's kind of it's cool at the same time the little white pieces for the bottom of the question mark we're not really sticking in the little hole here so that's uh you know one of the challenges of of 3d printing right uh-huh. you know yes it is and we tried a variety of other things to see how they work we had a piece of a, a robot that we had made that was broken we tried to print the replacement didn't quite fit uh got i found someone to print had keycap models i was like oh i wonder if i can print a keycap that will actually fit on on a keyboard but the little and they look credible but the stem inside doesn't quite snap onto the stem for this key switch so you know it's uh it's a process right it is um it's it's a process but it's uh, a really good learning process uh uh, the main thing I've found that is really frustrating so far is I don't know enough about 3D modeling to to fix these problems, and the software that I found that's free seems to be terrible. Um, but uh, speaking speaking of terrible, I wanted to throw something in that was <laughs> not on our not on our agenda just for just quick for folks who didn't know about this. Um, the, in the oh no they didn't um, uh, category for today we have Micro Center. Um, so Micro Center, uh, for those who don't know, is a is probably the best computer uh, brick and mortar computer store in the United States, uh, especially when you see the attrition of other stores like Fry's. They don't have it on the West Coast. I think there's like one in Florida. There's one in Atlanta, there's area, there's one in Chicago, and apparently there's in Colorado, I think there's like 25 or 30 of them. Definitely a, a fantastic store because they actually sell things like graphics cards and PC chassis, and they have a wonderful section for maker stuff and 3D printers and electronics. But anyway, they have a blog on their website, which I don't know who goes to their website to read the blog, but apparently in their blog posts, Whoever had written the blog post said that AMD cards were um, were not quite as reliable as um, were not quite as reliable as NVIDIA. So typically AMD graphics cards are more affordable but can require some modification or regular maintenance intended. On the other hand, NVIDIA graphics cards function much like video game consoles and essentially work in a plug and play fashion. Uh, so first of all, that's, I have no idea. That's what, what we call about. shots fired. <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about because like, what do they mean? Maintenance? I think it was implied or stated somewhere like you want to change the fan. Uh, in our experience, there's really no difference in terms of longevity of AMD or, uh, Nvidia cards. And right. it may have more to do with who made the card than whether it's NVIDIA or AMD too, right? Sure. Um, Cause there's so many third party cards. Uh, but uh, anyway, so after the, after this got out, the CEO of micro center had to issue a public apology, which is now on their homepage. Um, 
seems they whoever wrote this was not well their claim is whoever wrote this uh was was went rogue and i can believe that because it was really not in their interest to uh to diss amd like that they sell no, of course graphics not. cards they sell computers with amd inside they sell amd cpus uh so it's would be really not make a lot of sense for them to to do that uh it makes you wonder whether the person who wrote this just particularly dislikes amd or the people who run their support department see more complaints about amd and that's why uh. but we have no evidence of, of that so uh anyway that's uh you know, anytime AM, anytime somebody in a position of power disses uh, a major brand like AMD, uh, that's that's newsworthy, particularly yeah. since this was extremely ill-advised. Yeah, ill-advised is a good way of putting it. And, and like you said, they, it's not like they had incentive to do this. It's not in their best interest to do this to 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 talk badly about one of their partners. Right. Obviously, AMD is a big part of their business. It would have to be if they sell computer components. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> you know, it, it makes no sense. I mean, if you're going to get people buying advice, it's true. You've got to say something's better than another thing. But that's this isn't really a good case of that. And their reasoning is that one is more reliable. I mean, if they wanted to reason that, let's say, uh, on benchmarks, uh, the top of the line, like 3080 or 3080Ti might be better than the top of the line. Right. Um, I guess that's the 6800 XT or whatever from AMD. Um, although I think they're pretty close. Uh, you know, but you it's not make some arguments I, about that. But, but the idea yeah. that it requires more maintenance, you have to, what, you have to rub, rub cheetah blood on one of them to keep it running? I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, it's weird. What, I mean, do people require a lot of maintenance on their graphics card i mean i guess for I some generally people forget really that it exists this, i guess for people who are really burning it you know crypto mining or something maybe they want to change out the fan periodically but on any card but i don't know it's 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 just wild that they would say that that's all. yeah it's a it's a weird claim to make of all the things that you could say it's such a weird one because at least you yes. could argue, you could you could argue and make you know, we see more support claims against AMD based video cards or you know whatever. That that right. could be a fact based thing from their evidence, but something about fan maintenance. I, what are we even talking about? Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing makes no sense. Uh, the whole. Uh, the the whole thing makes makes oh, no it's all makes weird. no sense makes no sense at all. Uh, I mean, it's it you know what what can you say? It sounds like it sounds like they you know they don't have a very robust uh, policy in place for for vetting the content that goes on their site and. And that, and that, and that is the problem. Yeah, it's all very strange. Well, I, who, who knows how it happened? Somebody knows how it happened, but it's all still very, very strange. 
before we get down to the topics, uh, if you were watching live, you may have already heard this, but uh, we have some exciting news. For the first time in almost a decade, we are going to be competing in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Um, the voting opens on July 1st. We will be posting about it on social media a lot because since it's the People's Choice Awards, it does require your participation. And so we will be posting about how you can uh, you can vote for our show and we'll be doing whatever we can to make that process easy for you. Um, like I said, it starts on July 1st. We'll have all of the details on what that looks like then. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out on social media, on Facebook and Twitter in particular, but we'll put it on Instagram and and uh, such as well. We're very excited about it. The last time uh, we were up for this was in 2012, um, and we were in the top 10, obviously, the podcasting world has changed a lot in the last decade. There are a lot more shows than there were uh, nine years ago, but that's okay. Um, this is It's going to be fun. We're looking forward to, uh, to participating this year. So we'll keep everybody up to date, and then uh, we'll also be posting. Uh, we'll talk about it during the show uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks as well. So we're very excited. But we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a number of Windows 10 topics and a whole lot more. So let's get down to the news. Nope. This week's Nifty Gifty is an F5 Live. It's proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, uh, desperately trying to find a new Xbox, uh, games, and a whole lot more. You can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. And to learn about any deals that are going on and to learn about the 10% discount, you can uh, go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, um, and... An aspect of the industry that Abram and I cannot quite wrap our heads around, we've talked about it a number of times, is the strange obsession with messaging apps. Over the last year, certain types of communication platforms have become more popular with so many people working remotely. But in general, right, the idea of uh, messaging apps has changed branding but not so much in the stuff right because early on there was aol instant messenger and yahoo messenger and msn messenger I mean, today you've got a lot more options but uh, very little has changed except kind of the end-to-end -end encryption right i think one thing that has changed but it isn't really the core of messaging at the moment is that some messengers will let you transition to a video chat. Sure. So with Slack or something, I mean, if you count Slack as a messenger, which you've got to be in a group, uh, in, in a channel or whatever, but sure, you can do do you can do video chat, which obviously you couldn't do with ICQ. But sure, sure. The 
but nevertheless, the actual like sending people a message in text, sometimes attaching pictures, sometimes attaching links, it's the same thing. You just can't, there's just certain things you just can't change, you know? Right. We're still, we still have, we're still typing on keyboards with the full <laughs> alphabet on them. We're still using mice when mice were invented in the set early 70s and popularized in the 80s, right? Um, you you can't, you know, you, there are certain things about the experience that you can't change too radically and you want to send people messages instantly. Right. That's the concept. Well, while you and I seem to be baffled by the amount of money and the amount of interest <laughs> that seems to be th thrown around within uh, the messaging world today. Um, Amazon seems to understand it, or at least wants to get in on the game, because this week they announced uh, that they will be acquiring Wicker. Now, if you're not aware of Wicker, it's okay. Uh, there are a lot of people who use it, but generally in two weirdly distinct and uh, competing places. The first is in uh, security-minded government agencies. For example, the NSA loves Wicker um, because it's end-to-end -end encrypted. Now, you had that ability in AOL Instant Messenger ages ago, but you had to supply the certificate. and Wicker's got it all built in. It's a very different process than it was in, in AIM. Uh, but... It's end-to-end -end encrypted, which, of course, makes it popular for things like the NSA because you can have conversations that only those on both ends can uh, intercept and understand. And it includes voice and video, which AIM did not. So your video communications are encrypted end-to-end, -end, which, I mean... Yes, is kind of getting back to the idea of what BlackBerry was, but without the weird bottleneck that was BlackBerry, but whatever. Um, the idea is that you can have these protected communications. And that is almost certainly, uh, I think, the reason why a uh, Amazon is interested in Wicker, because they have been trying desperately to get into uh, government eyes... <laughs> And they keep getting thwarted with, you know, there's the big case over, you know, AWS and Amazon and uh, Azure going for the same contract and Azure was chosen and Amazon thought it was being sabotaged, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> this, this gives them, you know, a strong place in, uh, in high level government, uh, uh, approved vendor lists right <laughs> so maybe they're hoping that they can get some better treatment i don't know what what do you think this is abram uh i mean it's an area that amazon isn't already in so, th so they have and this isn't a good sign because this is a topic we talk about a lot amazon has a messaging platform whose name i can't come up with which is definitely a sign that it's not that important of a messaging platform because um, I've completely blanked on the name. So they're kind of in it. 
But of course, Wicker is popular and successful already, right? So yeah. maybe they just get rid of the thing <laughs> that they're that they've been that they've been fighting for fighting on and uh, go with Wicker instead. Is that is that possibly what they're going for? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I, it seems like. Yeah, it's obviously easier to buy a successful business than to try and make an unsuccessful one successful. Sure. So, so yeah, I mean, at least it is a it is a niche for them. They're not they're not trying to get into a niche that's where into a niche of messaging. I mean, like the secure end to end messaging stuff is probably much more profitable. Uh, useful competable area versus uh trying to get um versus trying to launch the next snapchat uh, or buy the current or buy a current instant messaging platform and watch it become unpopular uh very very quickly uh and by the way, <laughs> skype get to windows 11, oh sorry yes i, <laughs> I by the way when we i accidentally just 11, coughed skype <laughs> and by the way, when we get to Windows 11, uh, we'll mention that uh, the Microsoft is trying to to uh, drum up more use of Teams by putting Teams messaging onto the taskbar. So, yeah, which is a feature that was not available in our build. <laughs> there, there were a lot of features that were not available in there. I, Every time they showed stuff off, I'm like, oh, I didn't get to see that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, well, we'll get into that. But yeah, but yeah it's, it, it's interesting to me, I guess, is what it comes down to. It, I wish I could come up, but it does, it does show just how uh, unimportant uh, Amazon's entry into the messaging world is that I literally can't figure come up with its name and I searched for it and nothing. <laughs> so that's not great. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe this is their way of trying to, uh, trying to capture some of that market. Cause you know, Wicker does have, you know, it's not slacker teams, but it does have the, the group stuff. It has, um, it has some of that that team communication stuff that's obviously really popular right now. And like you said, uh, it's easier to buy something that works than to try and compete against it. Uh, oh, Chime. Amazon Chime is the name of it. So, I don't know. It all seems... It seems like... Uh, they, I can't remember how much the purchase is for, but I believe it was for a ridiculous amount of money. Um, uh, maybe they didn't announce it. Uh, but either way, um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting place for them to get into, especially when you take into consideration the other side of the platform that's not law enforcement and intelligence agencies is... Uh, criminals, where it's also very popular for the exact same reasons that it's popular with the NSA. 
<laughs> I mean, encryption goes all ways, right? Indeed. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, we've talked on previous shows about, uh, was it the FBI that wanted a backdoor? Everybody. Um, Once a backdoor, se- right. Several, several departments within, and I've actually got, uh, I've got a link to one of our former conversations about it. Um, the FBI, the entire Department of Justice um, has campaigned against it. Against uh, strong encryption. Yes. For, for so, this reason. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. But nevertheless, they need it. So, yeah. It's it's interesting because now they certainly if the C, if the NSA is using it, there can't be a backdoor for it because then the backdoor would work against them. Right. Although, with you know one of the things we talked about was the language that they used was full of hubris and the belief that we'll be the only ones that have access to it. And it's exactly what Apple said uh, uh, with the San Bernardino case was. That's an idiotic assumption. <laughs> you have to yeah. be It'll you have to out. be a complete moron to believe that you're the only one that's going to have access to it because once it exists, it exists. Period. And that's that's exactly what Tim Cook said. Once it exists, it exists. So we're not going to let it exist. Yep. So uh that would be the smart thing. Right. So th- this is going to be interesting right to see if this becomes instagram or skype right there's <laughs> there's two possibilities on how an acquisition like this goes ideally they will not try to shoehorn this into chime they will let wicker be wicker because it works um Although it is coming under their AWS brand, which is more developmenty than it is end producty, so that might be that might be good, that might be bad. There's no telling, and I guess uh, we'll just have to watch and see. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all your devices. Uh, And you can get a special price right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash Pure VPN. So we teased it a little while ago, talking about uh, Windows 11, and uh, it was a big week. <laughs> oh, huge, huge. So there's the good, the bad, <laughs> and the ugly Indeed. Uh, when it comes to Windows 11. So Windows 11 is now officially announced. It will be available. A preview version of it is supposed to be available as soon as this week to people who are Windows insiders with the target launch date of holiday season. 
So I guess any time between October and December. Uh, and let me show you, let me show our viewers um, some screen, some screens from it. So here we have the new start menu, which is the most obvious thing that you would notice in Windows 11. And you, you'll notice that by default, it's centered in the middle of the screen. In fact, all the taskbar icons down here are centered in the middle of the screen. And you, but you can make them align left if you change the setting. You'll notice no more live tiles or tiles of any sort. Uh, they're just normal looking icons. And then there's this recommended list that's based on uh, things that you have opened recently, documents you have opened recently, and apparently also across devices. So if you open this on a phone or something that had, uh, I guess, had your, not sure what app you need on your phone to make it sync. They, but, uh, they, talked, uh, they talked during the presentation about if you opened the Office app on your Android phone, for example, uh, at documents that you were using there recently could show up uh, on your uh, Windows 11 yes. recommended. Yes. It's, so it'd be your Office app, uh, or I guess if you have Edge for Android or Edge for, I don't know, um, yeah. if you use Edge, that could, that could sync it. But they mentioned a PDF. So I'm going to guess it's a PDF that you viewed in, in Office or in Edge because um, anyway, so that's what the uh, start menu looks like. I have mixed feelings about this, to be honest. Uh, it's see, it looks like, although I haven't measured it, it takes up more screen real estate than the previous start menu. I think every start menu takes up more screen real estate than the one before it. And I would just rather have tight information density, give me some smaller icons, let me get to my programs. Uh, the other thing you'll notice here is that the, the search menu is not a search box anymore where you type into it in the taskbar. You have to click this uh, this icon, or I think I think if you hit like window S, you can start typing it, but it's a whole separate window uh, for, for the search. Honestly, I don't really like that. There was uh, a, there if, was a version of this, uh, this search experience that was tested for a small number of insiders a while back, uh, but never rolled out uh, to Windows 10. I am a Windows insider and I never got that, um, which just means I wasn't one of the people got it. Yeah, it was only like uh, 5%. Really big on, I didn't get it either. Uh, they're really big on the snap, uh, snap layout. So now when you hover over the the minimize, maximize, you can change, it suggests some layouts for Snap. But the most interesting thing about Snap is Snap Groups, which I have like a, yes. a screenshot of here, which um, from, and it's a little blurry because it's from the video of the, the presentation. And I like the Snap Groups because what that is, is let's say you get an email, so you open an email full screen and then you wanna get back to the layout you had before it remembers it and puts it as a little icon on the taskbar for you. Also, it uh, remembers it if you dock and undock. So if you have a laptop and you dock to an external monitor and your windows were on the external screen and you got to unplug and go into a conference room or something, when you come back, it'll put them back where they were. So I think that's that to me is actually probably the best feature I heard about for Windows yeah. 11. Snap groups. This, uh, 
Snap Groups is my favorite thing that they have seemingly ported from the Surface Duo, um, which is, you know, you've got your two, you've got your two screens. You can create groups and open and minimize and whatever apps together as a group, just like this. And it's my, I think I'm with you. I think it's my favorite feature too. It's the one I've been talking about all week. Um, in the same vein, virtual desktops, which you have now on Windows 10, you can change the wallpapers on them to make them look a little bit different from each other. And uh, the and the um, switching for them is on the bottom, not the top. Ah, which yes. which is so much better. The tri- the trigger button was on the bottom. Uh, but the the tabs were across the top, so you had to mouse at the bottom and then go up to the top if you were using uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah the UI, which was idiotic. Now they've moved them to the bottom where they belong. Yeah, so they fixed something that was a little messed up. They're pushing Teams pretty hard, mm-hmm. so there is by default an icon for Teams chat on the on the taskbar. And apparently this also works for SMS messaging. If you want to talk to someone who's not on teams, although I guess that integrates with the, your phone app. Um, they haven't really said what that means for your phone, but did say in press materials, this would also do SMS. But I guess the idea is trying to get people to use teams more for messaging. Uh, they also have this thing called window widgets, which is seemingly very similar to the news and weather thing that's on Windows 10 right now, it just flies out from the side and supposedly it customizes based on what you like to read about. They've improved the touch experience a bit. Uh, there's no more tablets, but special tablet mode. But when you are on a tablet, it makes the targets a little better, uh, bigger. Um, and here you have, uh, you know, SDR and auto, you have auto HDR, which will take old games that don't support HDR. And if you have an HDR monitor, convert them. Um, direct storage, which is using part of your video uh, video RAM to store game levels. So you can just go right in. Uh, and uh, I'll skip over the new Microsoft Store policies because I know we have something about that. Yep. Uh, we have another story about that coming up. And Android apps. Uh, coming to Android app compatibility coming. Uh, although through you will find them, they were a little unclear about this. Using the Microsoft Store to get to the Android to get to Amazon's App Store for Android. No Google Play Store, so that probably leaves out a lot of important Android apps. It also um, leaves out but, Google Play services. Yes, exactly. Because that's going to leave out the important apps because. There's a lot of games that use play services and other things that use play services that aren't on Amazon for that reason. So they, I've also read somewhere that you will be able to sideload, but again, that leaves out windows play services. So the other, so here's a little, so that's the good and some, that's the good. And now here's the, that's the somewhat good, also good. It's, as you might imagine, a free update. Here's the bad. The bad is uh, it's not going to, it's the system requirements are going to shut out a, shut out a lot of people. Uh, Uh At first, the, and 
the ugly is how Microsoft has communicated this. Uh, so first of all, the require the system requirements are changing for the first time since 2009 when Windows 7 came out. Uh, you now need uh, a 64-bit dual-core processor running at, a one, at least 1 gigahertz. Previously, it was um, just 1 gigahertz single-core. I mean, that's not a big deal, right? Um, you now need 4 gigabytes of RAM minimum instead of 2. You now need at least 64 gigabytes of storage space instead of 32. The, none of those things is that much of a deal breaker because if your computer only has two gigs of RAM or a CPU that can't run at 64 bit uh, or ha has only a single core, then yeah, you know what? Your computer is uh, in poor shape. Although I wouldn't say your computer is super old because there were computers being sold even, and you can still get them even two, three, four years ago. Uh, for for like two hundred dollars, Dell and Spawn three thousands and, and what have you, for with two gigs of RAM. But um, the real the really big changes are one: you need to have TPM. You need to have TPM uh, TPM enabled on TPM two on your computer. Trusted platform module. Now, that is a form of encryption that allows the computer to do things like BitLocker encryption, uh, storing certain types of keys uh, in the, basically with the CPU, so that uh, even if you take the hard drive out, let's say, if it's on BitLocker encryption, try to put it in another computer, you, you will not be able to read it because of the, the TPM. Now, here's the thing. TPM works right now in Windows 10, but it's optional, right? It's optional. Now it's going to be required, and not every computer has it. In some cases, your computer has it, and you need to go into the BIOS and turn it on. In other cases, a fairly recent computer may not have it at all. Uh, for example, uh, the Xeon W3175X workstation processor, which is only about three years old, is uh, doesn't come with TPM. Now you can get a motherboard that has a TPM header slot where you can then buy uh, a little TPM chip. And for most processors, the TPM is actually built into the processor or the firmware, so you don't need a, a chip. Uh, but anyway, so that's one thing that is going to lock some people out. Uh, the other thing that's going to lock some people out potentially is that they don't just want people to meet these requirements. Microsoft has given a weird mixed message about what's, what processor you're going to need. I just said before that their processor, that their requirements list says one gigahertz, uh, two cores at least, and support 64-bit, which is nothing, right? When when did you when were you able to get a processor for a PC that was not at least two cores and was right. not a, at least a gigahertz? Uh, but here's but they but Microsoft then released a series of Windows supported CPUs, and on their supported list, there is nothing that is older 
than Intel eighth generation core or second generation, I guess you call it AMD Ryzen 2000 series. Now that means that um, Intel seventh gen core and original Ryzen, which came out in 2017 and are still in new computers that are being sold today or processors that are being made and sold today uh, are not eligible. And if you run the Windows Health Check uh, thing, which tells you whether your computer can run Windows 11, it, if you have one of those processors, even if you have TPM, it will say that you're not eligible. Now, there is somewhat of a mixed message from Microsoft. We emailed back and forth with Microsoft spokesperson who gave us, I think, some kind of some mixed messages about this saying that TP, anything that meets the TPM requirement should work, but then saying you also need a quote unquote modern processor. Uh, but on Twitter, there were some Microsoft executives uh, telling people that, yes, these are firm system requirements. And if you don't have, um, if you don't have one of these CPUs, then Windows 11 is not supported. Now, not supported is weird because what does that even mean? Uh, in the case of, um, in the case of, like, insider builds, you they've been very explicit that you don't have to have those specs to install the insider build. I don't think I personally don't think that they're going to create a hard cap where if you try to install it and you have like a seventh gen core processor then it will not install uh, even with the final build. I think this is what they're saying you should have, but I don't, but it's rare that windows actually stops you from installing it on something. Now they do claim that if you don't have TPM 2.0, it will stop you. It will not allow you to install. And that is a radical change. And that is, uh, you know, could is going to definitely limit the amount of people who upgrade to it for sure because there's a lot of systems that, that don't have that um, most new systems do and microsoft's been asking uh vendors to incorporate tpm since like 2016 but a lot of systems that have came out in 2016 2017 2018 maybe don't have it some home-built systems and by the way there's some countries, China and Russia, that actually are against TPM. And Microsoft came out and said they're going to come out with a special version of Windows 11 that will be available in those countries that won't force you to use TPM. Well, that's even more interesting. So what they're really saying is they don't oh. have to, you don't, they want to push you to have this technology, but really they don't have to do this. Interesting. Uh, the, obviously, there's so much weird going on here, right? The the conflicting processor specs, and I've so from what I understand, I may be wrong, but from what I understand, um, Ryzen two and above and Intel Core eight and above support TPM natively. Uh, yes. Which, so if the answer to the question was, 
Well, we listed those because the processors support TPM 2.0 natively. The mystery would be solved. But the fact that the answer to that question is, nope, hard and fast. Right. That's the thing is, that's the thing is we have, uh, you know, like a PR person that we were dealing with who gave us sort of like kind of a hedging answer. Then we go get on Twitter and we see that someone from Microsoft a Microsoft exec was tweeting at people that the list is the list, but, but the same person who tweeted that also said, but we might expand the list. So I honestly think that Microsoft kind of shot itself in the foot communications wise, Mm -hmm. because now that can't be right. They've never done that before. (laughs) They didn't, they didn't say any of this stuff during the announcement, right? All they said were the requirements, which are, um, you know, when you look at the requirements generically, let's see if you're quite minimal. Uh, so, I mean, I think that on the processor list, they're almost certainly going to have to clarify or backtrack in some way. Because, uh, and I don't think it's going, I just don't think it's going to be enforced anyway. But people are accusing Microsoft of doing all of this to try to pump up PC sales. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine today who's a journalist who's writing story about this and was thinking like, hey, Microsoft's just doing all of this stuff uh, to try and help PC vendors sell more new PCs. And it doesn't help that when you're on their site and you click through to try and see, like it says something like, here's what to do if you're Windows 11, if the health check says you can't run Windows 11 and you click through and it gives you a list and it says something about like, here's some great places to buy a new PC. So oh, that's, and, that's and, a great way to lend, uh, lend uh, credence to the conspiracy theory. Also keep in mind that one of the things they spent some time on during the presentation on Thursday was Windows 11 ready PCs. Uh-huh. If it's so easy to install on existing PCs, why do you need to make a program for, for Windows 11 ready? Uh, so, I mean, anything should be Windows 11 ready, right? But... You know, now to be fair to Microsoft, they have not changed their system requirements since 2009. Right. So, and I'll tell they, you, I'll tell you at the time yeah. I, that I was at Radio Shack at the time, uh, and there was a Windows 7 ready program um, because the system requirements were changing. And uh, yeah. the, the laptop and desktop boxes had stickers on them that said Windows 7 ready. Yes, I remember that. And remember before that was Vista ready. Vista was actually, I think, the biggest the biggest change. I think so too. The the move from Vista to seven wasn't that big of a I think wasn't that big of a change. I think there was some more RAM or something you needed for, for seven. But the move and the move here on paper, it's the really the TPM and whether they're going to support your processor that is the big deal. Uh, the amount of RAM is quite reasonable. The graphics card, they want you to have a graphics card that can do DirectX 12, which is pretty much any graphics card made since like, including integrated graphics made since like 2013 or 14. So pretty, pretty reasonable. Uh, and, you know, the, the CPU, the RAM, the storage, all quite reasonable. It's that this TPM thing uh, is is very problematic. And... This CPU list, which I think they're going to have to 
they're going to have to clarify. I mean, that's what they, yeah. they should just say what you said, which is we put these on the list because we know they'll work because they're TPM. Other processors will work if they have TPM. Like right. that's that's all they that's all they needed to say. I but if everybody now, if everybody's giving different answers, it doesn't help anybody. <laughs> they've got to no, get no, it doesn't. They've got to get it their doesn't. their story straight. Why does this list yeah. exist, and what does it mean? They also edited a page on their site after Good. secretly edited a page on their site that really uh, messed things up. So I had to like go and edit an article on mine that I had written about this because I I turned out to they they made me uh, a liar, I guess, uh, so to speak. They had a a page which said there's hard requirements and soft requirements, and the hard requirement is TPM 2.0. Uh, and a quote unquote modern processor. And the, no, no, I'm sorry, the soft requirement is the, they had a hard floor and a soft floor. So this, the hard floor is you cannot run the thing if it's less than this. And the hard floor was, I think, just TPM 1.2, which has been around longer, so more things have it, and nothing about the processor, uh, nothing particular about the processor. And the soft floor is we really want you to have TPM two, interesting. Uh, and and then they went and erased, rewrote the page to take this hard floor, soft floor off, and just make it all TPM two. Well, that's interesting. Make <laughs> makes you wonder. Like, did they did they see reporting that said something different? Like, uh oh, well that's not what was supposed to be there, or did they go? Oh, we need to, we we need to straighten our path. I think they don't. I think they don't like the messaging because the messaging yeah. of that would be, hey, this will install, and you know, mm -hmm. people who are journalists like myself who are going to write about it, we're going to say, hey, actually, they say two point oh, but it says here in the document that it's one point two. But they don't want people going around saying that it that the requirement is one point right. two. They want people going around saying the requirement is two. So you know what? It's who knows. You know, I don't think we're going to know the real truth of this until a final release version of this comes out. People take it and they try installing it on various computers. Yeah. And they see. So I, I do think that the outrage is a little bit overhyped because I, I didn't, maybe I'm wrong to not take their like recommended that, that their um, official CPUs list too seriously at this point. I'm really used to seeing lists like this when you, um, you you ever go and you go in and buy a motherboard and they have a list of like, here's all the RAM we've tested with this motherboard. And invariably, the RAM module that you want to buy isn't on the list because there's like 2 million different makes and models of RAM. And most motherboard vendors have not tested every stick of RAM in the universe right. uh, that, that meets the spec that's like you know, DDR4 or whatever with their motherboard. Does that mean that you can't buy a different stick of RAM and that a different brand of RAM or different model of RAM and stick it in there and have it work perfectly? No, not at all. That's just what they're going to vouch for. So, um, I mean, my guess is that this is just what they were going to vouch for, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely that that and that was yeah, that was kind of my my thinking on it, especially when you take into consideration that that the floor that they're publishing on those processors 
just so happens to coincide <laughs> with the processors that support TPM 2.0 natively. So right. I think I've, they just took a list of that. Yeah. And I think they didn't tell everybody inside of Microsoft this is the reason why. So but the one thing that they the last thing I'll say about this that really made them look foolish is that Microsoft themselves is selling the Surface Studio 2, which is a $3,500 uh, desktop mm -hmm. studio that, mm -hmm. that still, this is the latest version of it, uses 7th Gen Core. My goodness. Is it still running the 7th Gen Core? God. Yes. And a Microsoft employee, probably who didn't get the mess the message about this controversy tweeted out here it is running on my surface studio too looking great oops so i don't know does microsoft want you to think that their surface studio 2 is not windows 11 ready or do they or are there a couple of employees who are really trying to be you know hardcore about this is our list but they haven't really vetted this messaging with um i don't know who need, they need to vet it with at microsoft but like it's making the device that they're selling look old yeah that's true yeah no none of this is going great right now obviously they're like we said at the top of the topic <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff right there's some stuff yeah. that people love, some stuff that people are annoyed by, which is anytime a UI change happens, that's going to be the case. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons to to Mac OS and to Linux with, with the UI changes, and I don't care about any of that. But the fact that they can't get the message straight on what it is we're talking about, that yeah. that's a concern. And it's such a yes. concern that... One of our loyal listeners tweeted at us uh, this morning saying, uh-oh, I don't know if I understand what's <laughs> happening here. Yeah, well, listen, Microsoft has a few months to work this out, to be honest. they just It's just the media attention, which, which look, they want media attention because they've had a big media event. Yep. So, in fact, they, they alerted people on, like, I don't think Windows knows that I'm a journalist. I hope mm -hmm. it doesn't know that much about me. But on my computer that has Windows uh, Insider on it, it actually several times during the week before the event said, hey, we're having an event, a live stream event for Microsoft. You should tune in. Yeah. So it was trying to get regular you know, users to tune into their stream, which by the way, uh, we, we we won't we won't uh, belabor this point, but their stream they had a lot of technical problems with their oh. stream. It 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 totally uh, messed up on all of us, and I had to go back and watch it after the fact. So when I was trying to live log it, and it, I was not alone. A lot of people had this problem, so yeah. not a good not a good look uh, for a company that's trying to say that its Azure uh, cloud and stuff are, are are great. I'm going to tell you something kind of fun. <laughs> Two interesting things about the live stream. I was trying to pull it up because once it started to choke, I didn't know if it was me. Was it my internet? Was it my computer? So I've got a couple of, I know I'm not a normal person and it's okay. I've got a couple of internet connections in here. And so 
I was trying different internet connections and different devices. I had two devices that worked when all the other ones were still choking. It was my MacBook (laughs) using Edge and my Windows 11 VM. They worked when everything else did not. The two things that were the least important for it to work on were the ones that it worked the best on. Yeah, it's messed up. And then they they sent a note out apparently saying you should try watching it on Twitter instead. What a what a disaster! But you know, look, I tried to go to attention. I went to Microsoft's YouTube page. I'm like, okay, they're having technical problems. They don't have it there. I'm like, there's no way this isn't running on YouTube. Oh, there is. There's there is a way. There's not running it on YouTube. They're not running it on YouTube. Yeah, that 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 was pretty foolish. And later they had a developer uh, session that was run on YouTube, and that ran perfectly. And I watched that, no problem. So and then use YouTube. And then uh, after between those two, uh, Panos did like a ninety second, two minute video specifically to uh, insiders. That was only on YouTube. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, it was basically, uh, he. it was obviously filmed at the same time uh, that the rest of the thing was filmed because uh, it was in the same fake uh, living room. Oh, yeah. The other thing and, is it's not a live stream. Right. They called this a live stream, but it, it was obviously recorded all before yeah. the fact. So did they... Did they need to do it the way that they did it? Couldn't they have just posted it like at that time? I, it makes no sense. Uh, but he he basically said, "Hey, so the thing we didn't mention during the thing that just aired was uh, insiders are getting it next week." <laughs> He's oh no, they did mention it. I thought they did. I anyway. don't think so. Um, but he he did a special like two minute video specifically to insiders. You won't be getting it this week. You will be getting it next. And he tweeted it, and it was a link to YouTube. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, how did you guys screw that up? <laughs> so it's, it's the thing so, that would have yeah. worked. I will oh, be looking worked. forward to getting the insider build because the the only build that's been yeah. out now is just a, I guess, illicit build that doesn't have most of these features. Yeah. Not even close. And that was uh, before the show I was mentioning, or maybe it was during the show. I don't know. I mentioned that, you know, the 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 build that, that Windows Central was was doing a lot of videos off of and stuff. Yeah. Um, didn't have any of the, They show these features, and I'm like, oh, that's new. That's exciting. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, I would have liked it, to have seen that <laughs> in the illicit build. Yeah, well... It's. I guess Microsoft was. It, this is good for Microsoft because at least they didn't spoil everything. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely there were definitely a lot of surprises even for people who had, who had, uh, you know, done stories on, on the build that came out ahead of time. So you know, there. Yep. There was brand new stuff for everybody. We all we all had surprises. So that yeah. was really exciting. Yeah. Anyway, obviously, Avram, you've got. Uh, You've got content. Yeah, we've out got there a on ton this. of coverage on this on Tom'sHardware.com homepage. Uh, so uh, come come check it out, and uh, you can be rest assured that when it comes Windows 11 comes to the Insider Build, I will be uh, reporting on that too, and everything that happens and 
I'm sure a lot will happen. So it's good. It's exciting news, news, you know, it's almost July and there's actually some interesting tech news happening. So yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It's unusual for this time of year. So it's nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, Abram, uh, we appreciate uh, you bringing this. Uh, I know you've had more time uh, on the topic than I have because it's been a, a big week for other stuff for yeah. me. So, <laughs> um, although I will say that I have been uh, messing around with a Sun Valley, which was the the build name for Windows 11 uh, version of Plugkits Live. Uh, with some of the, the new UI elements. If anybody wants to check it out, let me know. I can give you the, the special thing you do to see what I'm working on because, I don't know, oh, seems, like, see it. seems like sticking around with, with what they're doing since the website was based off the, the uh, original Metro and then updated to, to go with the Windows 10 UI. It makes sense to, <laughs> to follow through and keep doing it, so... Uh, anybody who That's wants, cool. uh, let me know. I'll, I see that. I, I'll let you know the trick. I'll let you know after the show. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Abram. And uh, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. And crates get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from a friend every month. And to learn more about the crates that are available right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash Loot Crate. Sticking on the Windows 11 topic a little longer, um, one of the things that we skipped over was some of the new policies that have uh, shown up in the redesigned Microsoft Store for Windows 11. Um, it's actually something, some of them are something that we knew about. Some are uh, things that we suspected, and one is a big surprise. Um, the first is we knew that a redesigned Microsoft Store was in the works. They have talked about it. They're uh, specifically talking about Sun Valley, which we now know was the code name for Windows 11. Uh, a lot of us thought it might be, you know, uh, WinUI 3.0 code name or something like that. Nope, turns out Windows 11 code name. So with Windows 11, with Sun Valley, comes a redesigned uh, Microsoft Store, which makes sense. Because of the big surprise <laughs> that that uh, is bigger than what they announced. So what they announced was, and we talked about it in the Pilch Point, uh, what they announced was that uh, Android apps are coming to Windows 11 natively via the Microsoft Store. What they didn't really talk about was how and why. The how and why is, well, they talked about the, the, the indirect how, right? It's coming through the Amazon App Store. But that's because the Microsoft Store has kind of been reimagined 
in a bigger way than they talked about. Uh, what they have done is instead of being a retail store as it has behaved and as the app store on, on iOS and Mac OS works or uh, Google Play works on Android, this is going to be more like a mall where Microsoft will be responsible for the mall and they will also have other stores available. And in fact, uh, Panos mentioned in an interview with The Verge that they would love integration with other game stores, including Steam. They would love to welcome Steam into their new virtual mall, Microsoft Store, making the Microsoft Store the place to get apps, games, media content, similar to how, say, the new Google TV works or uh, somewhat how Apple TV works, where you can see content uh, from... Netflix and Hulu and stuff all on your home screen. But none of that's owned by Apple or Google, right? It's all controlled by third-party places. Microsoft wants to do the same thing with software. Basically saying, we know that Steam has a, has a process, has a policy, a set of policies, and we trust that they're vetting their content. We'd love to have them distribute through our UI, through our virtual mall. Maybe Epic Games could be the same way. Uh, we know that the Amazon App Store is going to be that way. It's a fascinating concept and a heck of a way to get people uh, inside the store. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is part of the general Microsoft trend. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, allergies coming in here. Um, it's part of the general Microsoft trend that they are really becoming a more open company and have since Nadella took over. So now Microsoft does, has said, hey, we don't care if you're on Linux, we want you to, to we, we still want to be there for you. We don't care if you're on Mac, we still want to be there for you, right? So here they are saying, hey, I mean, for the, we're willing for the love to, of God, Microsoft is on the, on the Linux foundation board now. <laughs> right, exactly. So Microsoft is a big enough company that they've decided it's they don't need to have lock-in, mm -hmm. right? They don't have lock need to have lock into their app store. They don't need to have lock into their operating system. They don't need to have lock-in, uh, lock into things if they feel like they can be a part of your technical life uh, without creating lock-in. So this is, I think, part of that. Yeah, and you know, the the thing that some of us saw coming, I I I did. I saw this coming. Uh, based entirely on how Microsoft has tried not to get too vocal in the epic Apple uh, conversation, whereas they have in the Australia Google News uh, uh, conversation. They've mostly stayed out of the Apple epic thing, despite making a comment early on about Xbox Game Pass and not being able to do things through the App Store. Um they backed off and went real quiet. And I had a feeling that we were going to hear at some point that there was going to be a policy change that you didn't have to use anything Microsoft-based in, in, the, in the Microsoft store going forward if you wanted to have your own thing, whatever. Uh, and there's no obviously there's no charge for you using your own thing. You can use ours for convenience. If you don't want to, we don't care. And, and that's exactly what they announced. Too. 
What's that? The commission rate is pretty favorable. The commission rate, if you do use their e-commerce engine, is very favorable. Yeah. It's 85.15, I think, for regular apps and 88.12 for games. Mm-hmm. So way so better than 70.30. Yeah. It's so they have a favorable commission rate for this. They have favorable terms. They're allowing in other stores. I think they've seen, first of all, that their attempts to pump up the Microsoft store and make it it's it's not making it on its own. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's the bottom line, right? Yeah. Uh, they also I don't think we mentioned are making sure that you can upload all different kinds of apps to the store. Win32. So they said that they're going to support progressive web apps and Win32 and UWP. Uh, remember back in the day when you could only do UWP mm-hmm. uh, for for the store. So all this stuff says that hey they want they just they want they just want to be part of your your life mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to dominate dominate the store business yeah. they want to and, and you know look people use windows enough that it makes sense now here's my question which i don't think we have an answer to which is considering where obviously microsoft really wants their store to do well they want people using their store mm-hmm. they want it to be the one stop they want it to be in effect a one-stop shop right i mean You'll, you'll go to Amazon through it. You'll go right. to others. They wish they, 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 I'm sure they hope someday you'll go to Epic Games through it or Steam through it or whatever. Right. Will the store do the same thing if you're on Windows 10? Are they going to update the version of the store for Windows 10? It's a good question. Um, the, the talk when they announced that there was a redesign coming uh, within the, the Insider uh uh, communication stuff a while back, they did mention Sun Valley. Now we didn't know what Sun Valley meant at the time. Um, <laughs> we do now because in that two minute video that I mentioned that Panos posted, he accidentally said Sun Valley and went, "Whoop, my bad." Code name for Windows Eleven. Windows Eleven. <laughs> so he one hundred percent confirmed that when they were talking about the Sun Valley updates, they were 100% talking about Windows 11. So I don't know if we'll see that come to the store. See. Um, there's a couple reasons uh, to, to currently second guess it. Um, the fact that the app icon on the Windows 11 build is different than the app icon uh, for Windows 10 right now. Yeah. That means that there is enough of a change that they've even changed the app icon, but we've seen a lot of app icons change in Windows 10 over the last six months. So who knows? So what this brings attention to, though, getting back to something we were talking about in our previous segment, is isn't this a bad move for Microsoft if they don't bring it to Windows 10 when they've Mm -hmm. now just created a system where a lot of people are going to stay on Windows 10? Yeah. this is a real sea change for Microsoft because they normally Microsoft really wants people, they bent over backwards to make sure that it's easy for people to get into Windows 10 because they wanted uptake, right? Yeah. And now after what, six years, five, six years after Windows 10 came out, mm-hmm. uh, Windows 10 is 78% of, of the install base, still yeah. 16% for Windows 7, right? Yeah. And so they want and they it microsoft was real excited every time they hit 100 million 200 million they wanted to get it to a billion uh 
like activations or, or, or machines running in install base. By locking a lot of people out of Windows 11, that's a really big sea change because it's like, hey, we don't expect it. This isn't for everybody. We don't expect everybody to, to install this. It's maybe more like Android where you got the latest phone, you can run the latest Android. You have a little bit older phone, then you're going to be running the old Android. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, they have a vested interest in, in people having the new store. Yeah, They want, because they're going to, you know, supposedly that will sell more stuff. And I would want to have Windows 11, not because that's the operating system that they're probably going to bring new features to. Right. When you have an old operating system that is not the latest generation, they're, they're going to keep issuing security patches till 2025, they say. Right. But are they going to like, you know, do all kinds of changes and updates right. to, to it to make it better? Because, because to the best of our knowledge right now, based on how the Windows Insider builds have fully stopped until this announcement, um, it certainly suggests that, that Windows 11, that Sun Valley is 21H2, which does suggest that feature updates for Windows 10 are complete. Right. Which, you know, would make sense. Why are they going to keep, uh, you know, now they may have to, they may have to say that they're not complete because they've now created like a bifurcated ecosystem mm -hmm. where you've got some people who can run 11 and some, and a lot of people who can't, right. but anyway. And it, and it would bring uh, us back a lot to the way we felt early on in the Android world, you know, up through four, five, yeah. six, you know, we talked a lot about, about the, the split nature. Could you, will this app run on your device? Uh, it, <laughs> it might yeah, run on a Samsung, really... but not an HTC. And even though they came from the play store, there was a lot of conversation about, you know, that cause there was, there were branches of Android and, you know, what Samsung was doing wasn't, really the same as what HTC was doing with Android. And, you know, and that caused all kinds of problems and user confusion over what the hell is Android? It, it hurt development. Yeah. And this could hurt development too. Yeah. Because there were a lot of, a lot of developers who were like, let's just go to iOS first. Let's put our, our time and money behind that because yep. it's reliable that like the most of the users can do this. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you talk and if you want to see, the look of disappointment on the face of somebody realizing this, go back to our old collision coverage and uh, watch Nakia as his face would drop every time somebody would say, we're on iOS only, hopefully coming to Android in the future. He would go <laughs> every time because it that, happened I mean, all the listen, time. I, yeah, I used to hear that a lot and yeah. it would upset me because I'm an Android user. So, uh, you know, I think... The the thing about the store is the store is the reason why uh, Microsoft really wants people to to upgrade. They want to be, you know, selling apps through that. And if they, if if people can't get that full experience, if you know a huge percentage of people yeah. can't get that full experience, that yeah. uh, I mean that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So it'll all come down to how they're dealing with with the, the, the native Android stuff, right? It, it'll come down to how they're implementing that. Maybe if there's a, 
a whole new processing system inside the new the new Windows 11, which there probably isn't because it's not a new kernel, um, then then you know maybe they've got to do something different in 10 to bring it. But I think because the kernel hasn't changed and it's really explorer.exe that's changed more than it is uh, the actual right. Windows, that suggests that whatever they're doing for 11 could still work in 10 if they if they wanted to implement it, which does suggest yeah. that they could bring the new store to 10. Which, which actually really brings us a little bit back to one of the complaints that I've been reading about people about Windows 11, basically saying it is Windows 10. They've made some changes that are probably not that significant uh, to, to merit a version number, but this is how they're going to get attention for it. And if they don't actually need to up those system requirements like they have done, they're just doing it to you know to to sell more to get more pc sales and you know you say the kernel hasn't changed yeah not in any it's yeah. not in any significant way um right. not like it did from from eight to ten or vista to seven those were your two big kernel changes um uh obviously the kernel changes all the time right that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that happens in the Windows updates all the time, so, but always little minor, you know, th no s big structural changes like we had from eight to ten, for example, which was a yeah. huge. I mean, honest, I mean, they they split the kernel into two levels uh, from eight to ten, which was a huge structural change. Hopefully, yeah. we won't see anything honest, of that structure that that size for a while. <laughs> that was scary. If they had called this, I mean, the amount of change that they had. It really seems more like it's Windows ten point one uh -huh. than uh, than Windows than Windows eleven. Yeah, but you know you gotta you, you gotta you gotta hype it up. Honest to God, twenty one H two. I don't think there's as much yeah. change between between twenty one H one and Win eleven as there was between the first build of Windows ten and twenty one H one. <laughs> yeah i mean they could have just said this was a this is an update for windows 10 they really could have yeah right. but they wanted the they wanted the noise and it's worked because here we are yeah. uh yes cause, exactly because we sure didn't talk about the the ui updates to 21h1 of which there were many uh right, right. the the minimization of live tiles the the color background going away it was really a prep for 21h2 uh <laughs> getting us visually prepared for this change so i don't know it doesn't matter we didn't talk about 21h1 and here we've had two segments tonight talking about what is essentially 21h2 so you know it works yep. there you go it works <laughs> uh and of course we will be talking about it more as we learn more about it when the insider builds start coming out when we have you know, a more stable version of it to be able to discuss. Um, I really want to talk about, you know, the Teams integration because it's a, a big part of my daily life uh, using Teams. So I will have a lot to say about that uh, very soon, as soon as we see that out in the wild. So this will be far from the last time you hear about Windows 11 slash Sun Valley slash uh, Windows 10 21H2. <laughs> This 
week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is pr proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that, that traditional antivirus software, software can't stop, and it actively blocks threats like worms and rogues and dialers and a whole bunch more. You can use your, uh, use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. We've talked in the past um, about how the general dislike of big tech seems to be the one unifying topic uh, in modern political life. Um, both sides of the aisle seem to have their own reasons for, but still a general disdain for the big tech companies. Um, and uh, Elizabeth Warren in 2020, I believe, made some pretty strong comments about wanting to uh, have the House Judiciary Committee look into whether or not uh, big tech should not be as big. And they have. Uh, and in this week, the House Judiciary Committee did approve a bill uh, that would essentially place a lot of limitations on what the tech companies can and cannot do, hard limits, such as promoting their own services over uh, better matches. For example, in Google Search, it's a topic we've talked about a number of times um, and has been a uh, complaint of companies like Vimeo and, and Yelp uh, that Google search will promote a YouTube video video result over a Vimeo one that might be a better match. Uh, this bill would prevent that. Uh, the problem is that it defines conflict of interest vaguely, um, which will leave a lot of interpretation. Yeah, it'll leave a lot of interpretation open, particularly to the Federal Trade Commission, uh, who will be in charge of um, deciding when something crosses that line, putting the lawsuit in place, and then taking it to, uh, to court. Um, but uh, it, the, the definition seems to... And again, it's a little vague. So it seems to um, essentially say um, if a platform, uh, I have it written somewhere. Here it is. Okay. So uh, 50 million U.S.-based active users, 100,000 U.S.-based businesses, and a market capitalization of ex of at least six hundred million dollars. So they are specifying uh, big tech, right? They're going after this is this is targeting what they're considering to be the whales um, in the graphic uh, uh, that we use for the article, which is directly from Elizabeth Warren uh, from last year. It specifies essentially Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, which has raised a lot of eyebrows because these rules may or may not, and again, 
that's where the fuzzy math comes in. May or may not apply to Microsoft, which why would Microsoft be specifically like written around on a lot of a lot of uh, legislators right. feel like Microsoft like the rules were specifically written to carve around Microsoft and to almost give them a pass, which is so funny considering, you know, 25 years ago they were in the crosshairs how does microsoft how would microsoft not fit and that and that was the 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 a number of the the legislators who were involved in this have said of course microsoft fits in here look at these rules how does it not um but a number of a number of people who weren't involved who were asking you know the the definitions are a little fuzzy because none of this is codified Right, the fifty million, hundred thousand, six hundred million, isn't technically codified in what they passed. It's way fuzzier than that. So, some competing bills or amendments would codify those numbers, which would of course make Microsoft in there. Um, but the the actual wording says offers a product or service that the covered platform requires a business user to purchase or utilize as a condition for access to the covered platform or as a condition for preferred status or placement of a business user's product or services on the covered platform. That's super vague. And then the, the what is big tech is super vague too. There's no, but of course the important thing here is none of what was written in this bill that was approved is what will be final, right? (laughs) There will be amendments and changes and all kinds of stuff over the next three years before anything of value happens with this. It is a very early, very vague first step that they basically said, we're willing to have a conversation on this. This is, I feel like this is, um, like this kind of regulation could be, you know, have unintended consequences. Um, on the other hand, personally, I haven't seen a lot of abuse of, of this kind. Like I was searching for videos just today on Google and I found them promoting me a lot of non YouTube videos over YouTube ones. And in, in some cases they were actually, and this is, I find this very frustrating sending me to web pages that had a video in it rather than sending me to videos. Uh, okay. And, I, and in some cases the videos weren't even there. Like, so, you know, I was looking for all kinds of stuff on like 3d printers or whatever. Sure. And I searched and I'm like, Hey, I want to see this on video. And the first couple of results weren't from Vimeo or YouTube. They were from like content written websites uh-huh. and you'd go there and maybe at the bottom of the page, there would be a video as advertising, sometimes not even. So, um, but I mean, if you think about how powerful Google is, right, if Google were to really, really abuse its power, you know, Google makes and breaks people, right? I mean, if you're out of Google search, you might as well not exist. So, and if you're at the top of Google search, hey, you're, you're sitting pretty and we're all we're all sitting here. I mean, anyone who makes content on the internet are all sitting here figuring out how do we, how do we please the Google God? 
mm-hmm. whatever the spider is thinking today right. just to, to make sure that we get up near the top or at the top so you know right now i think google does a good job of um distinguishing between sponsored content that they label and put at the top of their results and you know edit, editorial content but there's you know there's a lot of you know nobody you know nobody really knows what goes on you know behind behind closed doors with the algorithm or whatever so like you know an algorithm change can make or break your business and right. you know we all hope and everything that google does seems legit in saying we keep tuning these algorithms and tuning these these requirements for sites to provide a better web experience but meanwhile their outsized position as like the leader by far in search means that if they make a change everybody else has to follow it right so if they decide no pop-up ads or something like that right right there's going to be no pop-up ads even if your business was making all kinds of money on it because you cannot afford to be left out of google yeah right so the uh, Google does have a lot of say and power over what happens on the internet. And so, uh, you know, so does Facebook. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that's been going on that I've seen a lot of people, a lot happening on Facebook lately, I don't know if this is uh, a bot or a human. I would tend to think it's a bot, but I've seen people post kind of sarcastic things about like vaccine denialism. In other words, they're not oh. saying like, they're not spreading untruths about right. the vaccine. They're saying like, oh, look at this, you know, it'll, it gives me great 5G, you know, wireless connection, ha ha ha. You know, uh-huh. like obviously tongue in cheek to, right. to make fun of people who, who actually believe that. Right. And and then it's gotten flagged by face, taken down and flagged by Facebook as misspreading misinformation because they can't tell the difference between when you're sort of criticizing some making fun of something and endorsing it i have a friend who posted about getting a um uh a steroid gel injection in her knee this afternoon and it got Mm -hmm. a a covid tag underneath it right yeah so (laughs) you know so that's the kind of thing where like, Hey, you know, they're, they're very powerful, right? Mm-hmm. They can now, now they also they, have responsibility they control, because they control the town square at this point. It, right. It's, yeah. it's the place that people go to share ideas, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And, yeah. And there's no getting around that. It's where are we right now? We are on Facebook, Twitter, and, and YouTube and Twitch. Why? Because that's where people go. And that's Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, and Google. Three of yeah. So three of those are you know, on uh, Warren's hit list. Right. So if it, you, we can argue about whether they are actually any of these sites are actually abusing their power to promote mm-hmm. their own services or particular viewpoints that they mm-hmm. like uh, over others, but or if they or even were certain to do content so, creators over others. That they have yeah. a relationship with or whatever you know right if they were to do that uh you know there really is no no stopping them so right. i i can see the concern about like if they decided um 
you know, to, to do something, they could put somebody out of business. So, you know, if they decide, um, you know, what if Amazon decides, for example, I don't, is Amazon part on, on this big tech list or not? Yes. Cause like, what if Amazon decides, and I think there have been things said about Amazon with Amazon basics and things Mm -hmm. like that. What if Amazon decides, Hey, I want your, Oh, here's an example. Here's an example of a really serious situation, uh, which we could have very well had as a talking point, a talking uh, topic. Did you hear about Aki and Rav Power? Yes. That that was on my short list if we had done a show last week. Um, because, uh, and it's and it's more than that, right? It's, yes. It's, uh, last I saw, we were up to seven power brands uh, that were all yeah. on this. So, on this so listing list. I'm, I am personally very upset about that. Um, I, I have RAV power and Aki parts all around here mm-hmm. and they're fantastic quality. Now I can't say allegedly without anyone disclosing it, they were kicked off for allegedly without actually Microsoft, uh, Amazon coming and saying it mm. kicked off for not for bribing people to give positive reviews. A- Amazon absolutely came out and said it. Um, when oh, the, okay. when the third one was, was bumped, uh, they came right. out and, and confirmed that the first two were also bumped uh, for the same reason. And we're up to seven now. God, God but, forbid if, if they found out, I, I've got probably three review products sitting in here with me right now that all had cards in them for the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, you know, I have been sent stuff for them as a legitimate like review product, and I've reviewed it, and they've made some fantastic products. Uh-huh. And to think that Amazon basically could put these, you know, companies that make yeah. excellent products out of business, um, you know, and we're to to take Amazon's you know judgment for it, sure, they, sure. you know, like they're so powerful that kicking them off of Amazon is equivalent to a death sentence. Like, yeah. I don't know how Aki and Rav Power can survive this. They're basically taking a segment of the market. And then what if Amazon decides, Hey, we want to move into this segment of the market. I think they do right. make some things, you know, for basics that are, that are like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that kind of thing is, they have an outsized amount of power and who's to stop them. We're Absolutely. counting on them to do the right thing. We're counting on them not to kick companies off unless they really are abusing something that they shouldn't be abusing. But I mean, like prime day came and I wanted to be able to, to, to link to some Aki deals like mm-hmm. I have in previous years. Absolutely. They make some fantastic stuff. I've got my Aki power uh, strips here, which are the best I've 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 ever seen. Fantastic products. Love them. Changed my tech life uh, because I can plug twelve things in and turn it all off with one tap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the and and like Amazon's putting them out of business, and that's you know, and that's they, really uh, sad. Just- just as a note, I'm looking right now and just looking at power banks, Amazon Basics has two. So plus we know that Amazon Basics has a ton of power strips um, under their brand. So they are competing directly with these with these companies. And wires. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, so anyway, not to diverge on that, but that that's the point of like, this is a, you know, and you can't really say, well, if they're kicked off Amazon, they can go somewhere else. Right, exactly. For that kind of thing. Where's the somewhere else? Newegg, I guess. Right, right. exactly. And that's the, that's Their kind of the site. whole, that's the whole, the whole point, right? Uh, I think two of the seven have their own sites, but are not prominent anywhere else. And the other five are Amazon, essentially Amazon exclusive. And so all of a sudden, you're right, whoop, they're gone. Now, in this case, if we take them at their word, it's for policy violations. But what if it's not, right? And that's the whole, I think that's the whole gist of of what the Judiciary Committee is, is trying to gear up for. Maybe right. it's not happening. And if it's not, then this doesn't affect affect you know what amazon is up to but if they are then it might and by might i mean 15 percent of annual revenue would be the uh the uh, upper fine which is crazy but they'd have two years to to fix whatever the thing is um uh but there's also like there's some language that suggests that like Amazon Basics might not be a thing because they'd be competing with their own customers. So, I mean, this thing's a mess. It is, it is an absolute mess. But, uh, again, this is essentially the Judiciary Committee saying, we're willing to bring this to the floor to start talking about what this actually means, which is just the first of many, many steps uh, in in a bill because you know that uh, schoolhouse rock thing is a lie. Yeah. That is not how a bill becomes a law. Yeah. It's way more complicated, and more interesting than the schoolhouse rock video. But yeah. uh, this is the first of many, many steps, uh, and it will definitely be interesting to see how it goes and uh, how it goes differently than they intend. <laughs> yes, for sure, it will. The timing on this, this week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, you know that you get your free shipping, but there's a whole lot more. Uh, you get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. And we've got quick links to all these features and uh, a couple more plus a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber and the ability to give it as a gift all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. It's always interesting when we talk about a company and then whoop, their name comes up on the next. Anyway, <laughs> so um, some interesting media news uh, this week. Uh, Steven Spielberg, the legendary Steven Spielberg, uh, his production company, Amblin Entertainment, has signed a deal with Netflix to do, quote, multiple feature films per year for the platform. Now, why is this news? Two reasons. One, it's Steven Spielberg making several new things a year. That's a pretty big deal because, you know, he is the 
entertainment name. I there's no getting around but that. Probably not him personally. Well, no, but certainly uh, Amblin Entertainment, which you know has had tons of uh, tons of big name things, everything from ET to Schindler's List, and you know there, lots lots of things under Amblin tend to be uh, big name projects. But the real reason why this is news is for the last several years, Steven Spielberg has been one of the most vocal people against Netflix. <laughs> um, we've talked several times over the last couple of years about the weird battle to keep Netflix out of the contention for the Oscars because Netflix is not uh, movies. Um, Tom Hanks has been the, the leader of that charge with Steven Spielberg being his number two. Um, so the idea that he is now his, his company of which he is the chairman and the executive producer, uh, his company is now going to be making Netflix exclusives, <laughs> um, after f essentially saying Netflix is made for TV movies <laughs> for years is an interesting move. I mean, he and Tom Hanks got the Academy to add, uh, uh, a couple of years ago when, uh, oh, what was, what was the name of that, that foreign the Irishman? Film? No. Roma? It, yeah. Um, when that was basically going to sweep the Oscars, they got the Academy to put in, uh, a rule that said it had to be on a, no a certain number of screens for a certain number of, of, uh, performances before it could be considered. And it's the reason, uh, just last year. Uh, Netflix bought a movie theater in LA, <laughs> a historic movie All theater. All they need to do is pay off Steven Spielberg, Spielberg, I guess. Who knew? That might have been easier than now buying he can't, he, he, Right. Now they can't, now they don't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, they've still got Tom Hanks to fight up against. Uh, yeah. But, you know, now that he's doing stuff for uh, Apple TV Plus, who knows? He might have changed yeah. his tune as well. <laughs> It's, I think people see it's this hard to fight this industry, right? It's hard to fight think, this industry. I don't know where all the money comes from, though. I mean, they they have your subscription. Oh, it already. certainly seems to come from a magic hole, from where right. money just appears because they spend way more of it than they take in in subscriptions. Right. I don't. I don't understand. I real. I mean, I'm 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 grateful that there's all this stuff being produced, even if not all of it is good. But um, the I mean, they. I mean, what have they figured out? What they need to keep you as a subscriber because they're probably producing more content than they need to keep you from unsubscribing. Probably. You you don't have to be gloriously happy with all this content to 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 forget to unsubscribe, right? right. Um, all you need is to have a couple of shows a year that that are that you watch or a couple of things a year that you watch and you've kind of kind of made it i have to say I, I probably lately end up watching things that are on amazon prime video more than netflix uh, but uh i i bounce you know, from service to service yeah well i mean i don't have a loyalty or something i'm just yeah like it just seems to happen although uh, netflix has ragnarok that you know if i'm gonna say something really great that i saw in there recently ragnarok fantastic um show that takes place in norway uh mm -hmm. 
great, great, great show. Love it. Anyway, so actually, I like the foreign Netflix shows the best. They seem to do a really good job of like Agreed. getting great quality out of that. So anyway, yeah, I mean, look, they've they, they've gotten a lot of other sort of auteurs on on board. So why not why not Spielberg? The other thing is, don't yeah. you think the industry sort of sees what's going on with movie theaters right now mm -hmm. after the pandemic and is probably saying like we can't put all of our eggs in the movie theater basket anymore absolutely the movie theaters may not you know may never fully may never recover from uh from the pandemic we we see all this money being spent on streaming let's you know now i think there's a streaming bubble and i think the streaming bubble is going to burst at some point Yep. And Netflix, uh, Netflix in particular, is going to have to massively cut the amount that they're spending yeah. on original content because some of the things they've spent on it just seems like like madness. How much they paid to have these things and like, is it worth it? Like the, uh, I mean, are you familiar with the whole debacle with Jupiter's Legacy? Um, oh, is that the so? That was the superhero thing that yeah was canceled so they after paid like, a season. After, yeah, it was canceled after less than a month, mm -hmm. right? Um, they, I, I think the rumor was that they spent something like two hundred million dollars to produce it and Oof. for the rights to to Mark Miller's universe, which includes this and some other stuff. They spent a lot just for the rights, so now they're going to go make other shows based on his properties, and they just you know like. That's a lot. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know how much it costs to produce a TV show, season of a TV show for NBC. Although Less NBC shows probably more than 10 episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're spending a ridiculous amount of money on these, on things like that. And then just, oh, I'm sorry, we got to throw it away. So, yeah. I mean, at some point, I think that bubble is going to pop. And, and they're yeah. going to have to cut back on the original content and then people are going to be upset and uh you know problems but we're for also now, gonna see, let's enjoy yeah we're also going to see the number mm. of services uh shrink down uh we're already starting to we're already starting to see yeah. some of the 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 names get yeah. get chewed up i my my prediction is in the next six month uh discovery plus becomes part of hbo max because why would yeah, AT&T uh, have yeah, competing? Yeah, it does, that one doesn't really doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess for people who really, really like it, yeah. uh, really like those shows. But, yeah, you know, look, if you think about it, all the elements are in place for ET2. Because uh, Spielberg is now working with Netflix. Drew Barrymore has worked with Netflix uh, before. Sadly, they canceled her Santa Clarita Diet Show, which my wife and I love, uh -huh. uh, or loved, I guess you could say. And Henry Thomas was in, um, was the Haunting of Bly House. Uh, Bly nice. Uh, so everybody who was involved in, well, I, mean, I don't know about like B. Wallace Stone or, or uh, Peter Coyote or whoever else was in, but you know, the kids. Yeah. Uh, and the director. You could have That's enough. And that sounds like exactly the thing that Netflix would do too. Because absolutely, it does. To, they love to bring you bring back franchises mm -hmm. that uh, 
to resuscitate dead franchises. Fuller so, House. That's not the only one, right? I mean, no, but that's they brought back Arrested Development after oh, yeah. uh, from cancellation. They were not um, interested in Good, Good Girls, though. Oh, I don't know. Which was just canceled by NBC this week. Oh, okay. But I mean, they they bring they've been bringing dead things back to life or yeah. nostalgia things or whatever. So, and I mean, you know, if it, ever I bringing dead things back to life, that's literally part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'll be honest. I don't really want to see an ET two, but no. I but uh, all the puzzle pieces totally, are in place for it. Yes, I can totally see it happening. <laughs> oh, oh, what a terrible and realistic possibility! <laughs> what other things from the from the Steven Spielberg catalog do you think they would uh, they would want to 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 tread over and revisit? Um, I, hold on, I had, I had the Amblin Entertainment property list open the other day. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. While, while I was writing this, I, I pulled up the, Oh, uh, oh, obviously, obviously he's never made a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. True. There you go. That's 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 perfect. Extremely timely too. Now that we have all this UFO stuff in the news, um, make the Close Encounters of the Third Kind sequel again. Something that I really don't think the world needs, but uh, but I wouldn't I would expect Netflix to want it. I would expect I I would almost certainly expect them to do a remake of it for sure, if not a sequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had forgotten until I was looking at this list. I had forgotten that Cats was in that list. I think they would like you to forget that Cats is on their list. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Netflix, go ahead and figure out how to uh, bring the um, the special render, let's say, of that movie to the public because I would pay extra money to see it. Anybody who knows what I'm talking about will understand because it would be the weirdest thing in the world. Um, uh, Men in Black might be a property that I could see. Uh, oh, yeah. They could Netflix do trying to take control over. Um, let's see. They've, got, they've already got a relationship with J.J. Abrams. Um, so uh, something Super 8 related. Uh, might might be in their wheelhouse. I can't imagine them I can't imagine them making uh uh the Transformers stuff <laughs> Netflixy. Um let's see. They've done a number of, of musicals which might which might factor into this because uh, yeah. uh Cat Cats was one and uh Sweeney Todd was as well. So yeah. I don't know. It might be new stuff. Who knows? There's no telling what's going to happen here. Zorro, Legend of Zorro was Amblin. <sighs> War of the Worlds. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't have a, a lot of uh, excitement Anchorman, about this, but I guess... Anchorman and Meet uh, the Fockers are both <laughs> uh, Amblin Entertainment. 
So the 17th installment of that one might show up on yes. Netflix. Yeah, exactly uh, what we need. Because if there's anything that Netflix is good at, it's beating a dead horse. And uh, yes. that one was dead two movies ago at least. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we didn't need a sequel to Anchorman in the first place, even though I loved the first one. We didn't need a second one. Anyway, Stepford Wives. I know. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying these are things that I could see Netflix getting excited about. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, interesting to see if they do decide to do anything of of value with this. My my guess is that initially it's going to be a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nothing. <laughs> Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, f5live.tv slash join us uh, is the best way to do that. If you can't join us live, that's okay. Plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. You can see all of our shows and all the ways to uh, watch, listen, and follow along on social media, on your podcatcher, on YouTube, Facebook. Um, so lots of ways that you can join us in the future. Uh, as we announced at the beginning of the show, uh, we I'll say it again, we will be uh, putting out information about the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Uh, F5 Live will be on that list this year. We're very excited about it. Uh, so we'll be tweeting out, Facebooking and all that about how uh, you can help us in our campaign to uh, at least breach the top 10 again. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. I'd love to win it. But if we can breach the top 10, <laughs> that'll be good for us. Um, uh, also, a reminder that next week is the 4th of July. So uh, enjoy some family time. Uh, enjoy whatever festivities that you uh, want to do. We will be having uh, a thing uh, here. Kind of company and partners and stuff. So uh, we will see you back in two weeks uh, because of that. And so on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avery. And we will see you back in two weeks. Ciao.